0: You're listening to Love in Limbo Land, dating for millennials.
1: We've noticed the tragic and treacherous state of dating in the modern day, so we're interviewing people who have found love, people who are looking for love, and experts in the field.
0: To figure out how to make it work. And who are we? I'm Tiffany. I work in the intersection of tech and media. I wrote my master's thesis on online dating and relationships, and I'm always looking to investigate the relationship between data and stories when it comes to dating.
1: I'm Cozy and I work in digital media and entertainment, and I love connecting to human beings who have interesting stories that can inspire others to find love and happiness in their own lives. On today's episode, we have Rob Kowalski, Author of Why Waiting Works, which discusses the ever-important and controversial topic of waiting to have sex until marriage. He discusses why waiting is important, what's the point, what sense does it make, and the importance of delayed gratification.
2: I was a former man whore, and I believe that fast sex prevents us from finding true love
0: but how about all those people who like had sex on the first day and are married? Like, that's what I don't understand, but like, I'd love to hear your story and how you got to this conclusion and maybe figure out how we can apply it to our lives.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, for most of my life, uh, my twenties, I was a stripper and a nightclub promoter. So I was pretty much
1: the worst person that you could imagine. And like a full, like a stripper. Like a yeah. dancer or like a stripper dancer, you know? Like well,
0: exotic dancer or like full-on yeah. stripper?
2: Well, I don't really know the difference, but male exotic dancer, I guess, is the the, the right term. But I, I did a couple thousand shows in wow. the area of private shows. I danced with a group. I was in the phone book. Um, I worked for every entertainment agency. You know, it was about – I started when I was 19 and I stopped when I was 27. But um, – you know doing those two things I, I i was just you know not a good person let's say i was very popular and i liked being me actually i made a lot of money and i i you know had everything that i thought i wanted but i was also i was also numb but um what my what happened was was when i was 27 years old i, I gave my heart to the lord um i became a christian and i did this radical 180 the most radical 180 a person could do actually i i literally quit stripping i quit promoting I cut off all my friends, started going to church on Sunday. and uh, around that time, I was I was kind of looking for a, just a group of people to hang out with now because I went from having a very active social life to having nothing to do on the weekends. And uh, I didn't really relate to church people all that well because I, I, I don't view myself as religious, but I just became very aware that, uh, you know, Jesus is the Son of God. So I did this radical 180 and and I was looking for a group of people and I just couldn't find it. So I, uh, I stayed in a lot and I was really believing that if I waited, that God was Going to bring uh, my soulmate to me, so I didn't date out of loneliness, which is what most people do when they reach the point that I was in, which mm. which was very lonely. And uh,
0: but, oh, sorry, I was going to ask, how did you? What made you stop stripping and then like make this realization? Because that seems like what happened in between those two big moments where you decided like there's something there's something else there.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I had never heard God's voice or felt his presence. I went to a couple Christian schools, like um, my uncle tried to put me in them and I got expelled from from two or three of them. And so I I just didn't know if it was real, you know, and I didn't live as if I believed it was real. My God was pleasure. And, but when I was 27 years old, he called me and it was crystal clear. I heard it. It wasn't an audible voice, but he, he basically showed me signs he left an impression on my mind he said i have a plan for you he said trust me and i couldn't deny that i heard it and so i turned i did like i said the most radical 180 a person could do and i literally was i went from being the biggest man whore that i knew the most promiscuous guy i knew to being an abstinent for the next six years that's and that took a hell of a lot of determination let me tell you it was
1: not an easy uh transition to make cool i have, I have so many questions me so too. one when when is what a man whore you know like when is the line where it's like okay you're doing the most like you now you gotta like stop hmm. what's the line for i don't understand the question like when, when when did you feel you became a man whore like when is when is too much too much
2: oh i didn't think it was too much i mean at the time I, you know, I had lots of one night stands. Uh, To me, sex was like a massage. You know, I said, you know, if it feels good, do it. Why wait? That didn't even make sense. The fact that I'm even telling you this now is kind of funny because when I first started and when I first became a Christian, I didn't understand the concept in the least. I, I thought it was just a dumb thing, and I, it made no sense to me. It was only after being obedient out of selfish reasons, because, again, I did it for selfish purposes, thinking that God would send me my soulmate, that I began to understand it. And now I believe that I can explain it better than anyone in the world.
1: Cool. And my second question is, what does the calling look like and feel like? I think a lot of people in the world like are looking for signs, not only in this realm, but just in general, and like the universal speak to me or God spoke to me or just a sign, you know, depending on what people believe. What did that What did that look like for you? What did that feel like? Because I think people are always looking for something.
2: Well, for me, it, it was like a sixth sense that I had never used before. It was something that God decided to activate. Imagine if you had never heard someone speak before, you know, you never used your ears, and then all of a sudden someone spoke to you and you heard sound. You know, I, I could have wrote it off, and it like it didn't happen it would have been easy to do that because i again i liked being me i had a very comfortable life i you know worked at creating this persona or whatever that i made a lot of money and i was paid to basically you know party that was uh, as a nightclub promoter i was i was paid to throw parties and it came with lots of fringe benefits like women and and uh and but i couldn't deny the fact that i heard it and that you know in some ways life kind of became hard after that you know it's almost like uh, Neo and the Matrix you know I, I took the whatever it was the green pill or the red pill I don't remember which mm-hmm. was which but I took the pill where you know I, I, I saw I know the truth you know but um, or I could have I could have pretend like it didn't happen and and, and woke up back in uh, Never Neverland, but I couldn't do that so for me it was that but also I saw a lot tons of signs mm-hmm. that, that, that God had left um, you know breadcrumbs on the trail that I was only supposed to see when he was ready for me to see it, and and then ever since then, of course, I've I've heard him in so many ways um, that you know it's beyond even the ability to count.
0: Yeah. So kind of going back to what you ca- you said earlier to us about how fast sex doesn't lead to long-term love I see so many examples of relationships that started off a hookup you mm-hmm. know Kudzi and I went to a party last week and everyone I talked to about oh how'd you guys meet because that's my favorite question to ask I was, they all told me that it started off as a hookup and then things developed over time 100%. so when I hear this I feel like there's so much mixed messaging out there because of course all of us want to like get to know the other person and, you know, develop that relationship. But I feel like all the examples I hear of successful people is the opposite of that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts.
2: So first off, numbers don't lie, right? So let's just start there. Because if you look at the the average number of dates an American couple goes on before having sex is three and the divorce rates 50% everyone's well aware of that so these are how relationships are starting and these are how they're ending 50% now my question always is is of the 50% that stay married what percentage of them are happy what would you think? what's your guess
1: I mean before we even do that my scientific <laughs> mind goes to what is happiness but I we won't do that right now <laughs> um, I I think, know, like, like, yeah I don't but know if it, okay, yeah and I I'll don't even know
0: number. if it depends on like being married like some people have a lot of work to um, do before they get married that they don't do until when they are in these relationships, they're not happy. And it might not be because of the actual marriage, but because things that they had to work out um, on their own. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'd love to know.
2: But even let's just, you know, whatever the number is, I I think that there are people that stay married because it's cheaper to keep her or for the kids or for lots of other reasons besides they're really fulfilled. So when we we talk to people that have hooked up and it started as a hookup, I don't doubt that that happened. It happens all the time. But the numbers don't lie. Let's play that out a year, two years, three years and, and wonder where they end up. Or maybe they do stay married and they're just never all that happy. Because here's the one thing everybody knows. Delayed gratification works in every area of our life. We just pretend like sex is the one area that it's not true. Right, because we all know it works with diet, exercise, buying a house, saving money, all those things. We know that you have to delay gratification, you have to do the work. But when it comes to sex, we want to go. Oh, that's not true. Like you got to test the merchandise. Like, no, it is true. It it really, it does. People,
1: you know, because honestly, truly, it's important.
2: You get to test the merchandise.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, so let me ask you this: What if you test the merchandise and the sex is good, right? And, they, and then you get married to that person and then something happens. Maybe they get cancer or they get hit by a car and they get paralyzed from the waist down. Your relationship was built on sex. Do you leave?
1: I don't. Well, personally, I mean, I don't like to share too much of my personal life, so I won't say that. But I, I think in general, my kind of concept would be that, you know, that sex part is just a part of the relationship. Even if it started with that slice, there's other things that would make me want to marry someone. Other than that one thing, so I don't think it will, for me, ever fully be based on that one thing. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, a whole human who has like other stuff, like exactly in life, not just like how compatible you are sexually. Because this is what happens
2: more often than not. You know, because that's the number one argument people give is like, well, what if you, what if you get married to them and the sex isn't good? Okay, that's that's a possibility. But if you love that person, if you married that person for who they are. My thing is, what if you love them and the sex isn't good? Do you leave? Do you actually leave someone that you're in love with because they didn't tickle you right? I don't think it works like that personally because that's what – if you hear about marriage vows, it's for better or for worse, for sicker or poor, It's you love the person. It's about sacrifice. That's what real love is. It's not, oh, they didn't they didn't tickle me right in bed. You know, that's all about me. So there's that. But also what happens more often than what we're saying where the, the sex, you know, you fall, you meet someone and the sex is good. What happens is you have sex with someone early and you get a soul tie because this is – and that's that's more of a, a religious term, but it's biology. If you read about oxytocin, oxytocin is like glue. And you if you've ever been in a physical relationship with someone that in hindsight you stayed too long or – Maybe they were abusive, verbally abusive, physically abusive. You see this all the time. It's because people have sex early with someone that they didn't know that well, and then they get stuck together, and they can't break up. Or maybe they get pregnant, and that really complicates matters and changes the dynamics of the relationship. So that happens a lot more than people getting waiting to have sex and getting married and the sex not being good that's very rare actually if you read the numbers again back to the numbers people that wait to have sex have the highest success rates in not only marriage but their sex life
1: I was gonna ask about that because you know in the 50% that get divorced so the 50% that stay married or are happy like how many of what percentage of those actually started off as a hookup no but they're still happy Oh, the ones, that are, are happy. See, yeah, the ones that are happy. Yeah, the ones that are happy. Yeah, some people look at. You can go from three three dates to hook up, and then I feel like we're also just jumping straight to the marriage. Yeah, part. because
0: there are some people who like will date for two years, let's say, or date for a year and then have sex, or you know. So how about that middle ground where it's like not that relationship has been built and it's heading towards marriage but like the commitment of marriage hasn't been made yet What what's that middle ground there look like
2: for me so like this is what i believe you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna make it as practical as i can but i do have to talk you know i, I bring a christian perspective mm-hmm. so the, there you know the bible says the heart's deceitful above all things so your heart will lie to you so here's the deal if i wasn't pot committed to waiting till my wedding night to have sex, I would date a lot more often than I do because I know that sooner or later, that hot girl I'm going to have sex with. Even if it's six months down the road, I'm going to get a payoff before marriage. Now, when you make the decision in your heart of hearts and you God, hand to God, meet it, you're like, no, I'm not waiting. Then all of a sudden it you start going through the process of elimination because you you can look at people and go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign the contract to have the sex. You know what I mean? That's the difference. If, if I, if you had $10,000 to, to buy a car, let's say, and because we're that, you know, a lot of people say you wouldn't do it without a test drive. If you have 10,000 to buy dollars to buy a car and people are bringing certain kind of cars in front of you you wouldn't even need to take it for a test drive because you already go i'm not willing to pay ten thousand dollars for that car so i don't even need to test drive it you know what i'm saying that's Mm -hmm. the difference that's what marriage does for you because it forces you to evaluate your heart to see if you're telling if it's telling you the truth because it will lie to you to give your flesh what it wants.
0: So then for you, so you talked about how you were celibate for six years and then you stopped and then you got back into it. Why, what happened there? And maybe can you tell us about like where you're at now with dating? And I, I think what, our our listeners probably think too is I know personally I've had guys tell me, oh, if a girl is a virgin, like that's just too much pressure for me. I don't want to deal with that. And you know, vice versa, I've heard that as well. What are your thoughts on that? Because I do think in LA it is like a hypersexualized city. And so you do run into like good great guys and girls who don't want to be someone's first, who don't want to deal with that pressure and and um, even if they're looking for a committed, serious relationship, what are your thoughts there?
2: Am I allowed to cuss on this or no? It- you can. Um, um, no. Actually, maybe don't. Maybe okay. just
0: keep it. We're, we like to no say problem. we're PG plus, but <laughs> like we're talking about sex So yeah, It's maybe. okay. It's
2: okay. No, I, I don't need to. But here's, the, I, I think that that's a nice. Um, I, I've heard people say that, and and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I've also I've seen, um you know, certain girls that are, that have waited and are virgins. And it's like a unicorn, you know, you're like, wow, you know, and, and I think in, in deep down inside, we all know that there's something special about that. What guy wouldn't want a girl that waited for him? because here's the deal I
1: don't if no do i know guys like that sorry
0: yeah i don't know any guys like that guys like w- from what i've experienced like and what guys have told me like they want someone experienced like they they don't want to be the first one i've heard they don't want to be the first one they don't like, want to be
2: the first or the last i've heard people say that all the time they
0: don't want to be the last the what do last? you mean that's like, being married like,
2: like they don't want to be the first or the last I mean they just want to take a turn and keep it moving now if a guy if a guy wants to if he's as serious about marrying you, then why wouldn't he want to be the first? Because if he loves you and you save that for him, you don't – here's the deal. I don't want to walk into a bar where I see five or or even three or one guy that the girl that's on my arm has slept with because there it creates some type of conflict. And you see this happen all the time with men where – guys get jealous it brings baggage into your relationship i
1: think guys need to get a grip first of all um no really because i think because i have so many like thoughts and issues about this the idea of like a like a woman saving themselves for a man like i'm just like no do you believe men should save themselves for a woman like do you you tiffany want a a man who saved himself for you because i think it should work both ways
0: honestly i would be fi- i would be down for that but i think that just doesn't exist like i i guess it is a unicorn thing but i feel like especially like guys in general like They've always been taught to like, go have your fun, go play, which is a different type of messaging that females get, which is more like save yourself for the right guy, like play the long game. But but I've heard like in every community, it's always like, guys, go out and play, have your fun so that when you get married, you're not you know, looking around still like you know you've played the field so you know what's out there and you're ready to settle down where girls get like the reverse conversation like
1: is why I don't like this you know
0: movie. so that that I've I've heard that and I think that's probably where you are coming from becausezy where you hear the different messaging for the two and you're thinking like that's whack I just don't know we're I don't know the
1: old save old don't save right right. You're right.
2: Let me ask you a question. Let's say there was 10 of us left in the world, right? Five guys and five girls. And, you know, we had to repopulate the earth. What You know, the best thing to do, in my opinion, would be, okay, each of you guys and each of you girls, you're going to find the person that you like the most, that you're most compatible with, and you're going to pair up with them and you're going to. Become a a couple and you're going to, you know, become a family eventually, make babies. Now, imagine if one of the guys started sleeping with all the other five girls or vice versa. One of the girls started sleeping. What kind of chaos that would create?
1: I mean, at that point, we have real issues where we just need to repopulate. So I think (laughs) just more. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so you think that what you think it'd be okay we for the one god people
1: back in the world <laughs> like i don't think we need to introduce the constructs of relationships and couple and coupled them at that point it's really yeah. just a um survival of the fittest situation yeah, you know? yeah. no but i mean <laughs> tiffany is like sweating
0: uh, i'm sweating yeah i mean i I totally get both sides. I come from like a very traditional background, so I get it because that—that's how my community is. Um, at the same time, like it's hard because I, the. It is in my community also, like that mixed messaging where it's like guys go out and play, girls stay at home and wait. So I think there that that's the issue that I've seen. But I I mean, if everyone was waiting, I'd be down for that. I think that there's always just this net. You know, back in the day, it was such like a girls wanted to wait and like wait for the right guy. And I feel like in LA, the messaging has been so much like. I don't I don't want to be that first person for this person or oh she's at this age she should have this experience why hasn't she had this experience and and I think it's been stigmatized the opposite direction where if you still are a virgin guys think what's wrong with her and I've definitely seen that a lot and heard that a lot and so I think that in LA and I don't know it might be different elsewhere but it, it has like the reverse stigma than what it used to be. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts
2: on that. Well, I wanted to touch on something you said before about, so, you know, again, I was, I didn't understand the concept. I was, I was absent for the first six years. I was a Christian. I backslid is what they call it. I just got so burnt out on the lifestyle, sheltered myself. I went back to the bars because I wanted to be around people and, you know, started making mistakes pretty regularly um, after that. But I rededicated my life in 2011. I was dating a girl. We were having sex. It was good sex and I w- we were we had broken up a bunch of times before that but we were having a good run we were getting along i was i was starting to think maybe i was in love with her and and um, but i could feel the i could feel god's conviction on me he was telling me that you know i could do better that he wanted more from me so i i actually had this conversation with god i said look god i'm going to try this your way i said if we're really in love then i want you to convince me of that and i'll marry this girl Mm-hmm. But if we're not in love, I want you to convince me of that and break us up because obviously we can't stay broken up ourselves because we literally, we we broken up, like I said, probably about 20 times and we would keep continue, keep getting back together. Um, Why did
0: you guys keep breaking up and getting back together?
2: Again, I go back to a soul, uh, soul tie. Like, you know, the sex was good and it, sex complicates a relationship and, and, it, and it covers, it, it makes you uh, not see red flags that you otherwise would see. You know, it makes you feel things. Here's like, I don't believe sex can make you be in love with someone, but I think sex can make you feel like you're in love with someone that you're definitely not in love with. Right. So what I did was I cut the sex off Mm -hmm. and I told her, I had a very intentional conversation. I said, look, I'm not sure if we're built to last, but we're going to, here's how we're going to figure it out. We're going to stop having sex. And if we are, we will get married. If we both become convinced, but if we're not, let's stop wasting each other's time. And we stopped having sex. And after about three weeks, we broke up. It was like clarity because the sex complicates things. It, it's, it, it clouds your judgment over whether you can move forward with this person. But when you put it aside, then you see clear. And I was like, and now I look back and it was, this was, you know, five or six years ago. And I'm like, thank God, because I could have got stuck with this girl just because I wanted sex. Because when you're having sex in a relationship, you're giving each other what you want. There's no real need to look but when you stop having sex because the way our bodies are wired you put that micro that that relationship under a microscope and guess what you look very hard because you want to have sex again so you're like hey if we're going to if we're going to you know if we're really in love let's get married because i want to have sex again but if we're not in love let's break up so i can find the person i am in love with so i can have sex again
1: does that make sense? I conceptually understand. So
0: the goal is always sex.
1: That's what I was gonna ask. Like I feel like there's other things you can get in, that you get in a relationship, right? Other than the physical, there's like emotional support. Mm-hmm. There's just like someone who inspires you and challenges you. There's good old companionship.
0: Cause I don't know, my goal is never sex. My goal is like, is this person gonna be like the a lifelong partner slash father of my child, <laughs> but maybe I'm super, I'm like not the average person, or I don't know. Maybe it's different. But like, I think yeah, I'm not thinking like, how fast can I sleep with this person? Yeah.
2: Girls in general, you know, and I, I, I touched, on, I touch on this in the book and definitely, um, in some blogs. But in general, men look for sex and women look for security. Now, I'm not saying that we only look for sex, but 99 times out of 100, a man is going to try to have sex with a woman as fast as she will say yes to it. Women are the ones that control it when it happens. So they, they are looking more for what you're saying. They're more looking more for a guy that's going to be around. Maybe he wants to be in a relationship. Will he make a good father? Now, I will say that the way society is, women have become jaded, where they're like, okay, now they'll just give the sex early. I'll, um And, you know, maybe they don't even care at that point if they get a relationship because it's gotten that bad. Or maybe they'll hope that the guy likes it enough that they'll keep, you know, that he'll want a relationship with that person. But it's that's not the way it was supposed
1: to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So in your book, um, Why Waiting Works, it says it offers practical advice to avoid the common pitfalls made by many when it comes to sex and dating. It covers the timeless principle of delayed gratification to get what we want want most instead of just what we want right now what would you say without giving away the book everyone listening go and buy the book why waiting works at whywaitingworks.com why what was like the number one thing that you would say is like a practical tip um to avoid you know what you consider to be this pitfall of people having you know the physical stuff before the deeper relationship
2: i mean you know i look at I, I, the overall theme of the book is just talks about the sex trap where, you know, it's such a hard thing, especially coming from a man. When a woman wants to give you sex, it's so hard to say no to that. It's like someone offering you free money. You're like, why am I saying no to this? So, but when you, but when you don't, what happens it, one of two things usually happen, one, the the guy splits after the sex because guys can, can do that more easily than women because of the way we're wired and that's is all biology back to oxytocin and the, and how it's released quicker it released during that's more during uh, when men offer uh, commitment. But the other thing that happens too is the more times you have sex, the more bonded you feel to that person. And again, biology, that's biology. So you'll stay in a relationship longer with someone, that maybe you just thought was physically attractive. You just thought they were hot, so you start having sex. And next thing you know, you're in a relationship and you, imagine this, so this is a very practical, you know, you meet somebody and, and at first, and we've all done this, you met someone at first and you're like, whoa, they're they're good looking, they're hot, they're cute. But then for whatever reason you guys don't date, A couple weeks go by and then you see them and you're like, yeah, they're good looking, but not for me, right? We've all done that. Imagine that person comes along, and you're like, ooh, they're cute, and then you do start dating, and then you start having sex, and then they come over to your house one day, and they, they look at their phone, and you start thinking, who in the hell is she texting right now? Who's texting her? You start getting a little jealous of her because guess what? You had sex, and that changed the dynamics, and that may have just been someone that would have just been a good friend, but you never took time to figure that out. That's what delayed
1: gratification offers you. People just need to talk about the thing.
0: I think people need to talk about what their intentions are. Like in if, all respects. Yeah. Like I mean, but then again, yeah, people can lie about their intentions. Mm-hmm. Like I've definitely been there where people have lied to me about that. Mm-hmm. But I think like if both people are looking for a serious, committed relationship and they want to work towards that and it's not just like, Oh, I see someone on the street. And like for me, I've never it's never even crossed my mind that like I, I want to get with this person. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's always been like, I want a relationship You're a PG with someone. Girl, yeah, I'm a PG girl. But like, for me, I, I don't know. Are a lot of girls like, I just want to hook up with this guy. Like, I just feel like nothing would... You know, I There's know no... That. But how about for you, Kudzi? Like, do you ever just think, I just want to hook up with this person? I don't want a relationship with this person?
1: Um, I'm a PG guy. I don't know if I would feel comfortable saying... But I... Uh, you can i can find someone very attractive yes okay i'll say that
0: where you where you would be fine doing stuff with them but not having a relationship with them
1: for me most,
0: experimenting but not having for a me
1: most probably no just because okay. the way i'm wired you know like i care about things yeah and people and just, like, the emotion. Like, I just care about things, like, more. Yeah,
0: I really people. think it's the person. I think with this stuff, it really comes down to, like, the person. Like, if their values and, like, they value relationships and getting to know someone and, like, they'll they'll communicate that and that person will know not to. Like, I feel like guys, if they know someone serious and they're looking for something serious, they won't, like, pursue a girl just for sex. And if they do, they're a horrible person.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think guys do that all the time. And again, sometimes we'll say things and we'll mean it when we say it. First off, if a guy loves you, I mean, I could say I love you. You know, I, I want to marry you. I want to be with you. I could tell you everything you want to hear. And then if, but marriage changes the conversation because if I said those things to you and you said, if I was like, hey, look, I love you, let let's have sex, and you said, okay, great, let's just run down to the justice of the peace real quick and get married, you, I'd be like, whoa, let me let me think about this a little longer because talk is cheap. I can say anything. And guys will you know, say anything.
0: Why, why do guys do that? I would love to know. He's like, been, why, he's do guys, telling you why do you guys just do lie to your for, face? For like physical
2: reasons.
0: Really? Sometimes Is it like they mean worth it? it? Sometimes
2: worth they, it. they even mean it. Sometimes they'll mean it to say. The, the, they might mean it when they say it. In order to to you know to get in your pants. Or you <laughs> so know, know what I mean? They
0: don't mean it. They're saying well, it to get in your pants. But again,
2: the heart's deceitful. Like So again, I thought <laughs> with my last girlfriend, I thought that maybe I was in love. But when I said, when I cut the sex off, that forced me to figure out if my heart was telling me the truth, because here's the deal. I know that marriage is going to be hard to get out of. It's going to cause me pain. So I'm not going to do something that's going to cause me pain, even though my heart's telling me to give myself something that it wants. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I knew... There's also
1: nothing wrong with pain, though. I was, divorce is like a terror, Like, it's, it's like really painful and because right. you know, humans and people and things and maybe sometimes children, but there's also like nothing wrong with like heartbreak either.
0: And how about all those people who say that like so many guys have said to me like, oh, like if you don't get intimate with someone like you're not vulnerable with them like they truly believe that and they're like if you're not vulnerable they're not able to see like this other side of me is that just a thing guys say is that something you believe so many guys just tell me all these whack things and i think it's like i mean obviously for me i just don't listen to them and i'm like whatever i'm gonna do me but i think like guys and they might exactly what you were saying I think the tough part is a lot of them believe these things it's not that they're saying it with like a malicious like I don't think a lot of them are strictly saying it just to get something out of it like they might truly believe it but uh, that might not be the truth that's right that makes
2: yeah. sense no 100% and why would you make yourself vulnerable to a guy that hasn't made his intentions clear with you through action not through words through action True.
0: preach right,
2: right. so th- th- this is one thing I I talk I've about always the been
0: converted. I've always been here with you.
2: It's, it's called the transfer of control. So this is what happens: women will have sex with a man early in the relationship, too early. And, the, and basically, what women are doing is they're giving control over to that guy because that's what women do is because of this release of oxytocin biology, the way it's wired, you're wired, they'll give the control over the man to the man. They'll give him the sex and then they'll chase him around for the thing that he's in control over, which is the relationship. This is why they say don't. Why would he buy the cow when he gets the milk for free, mm-hmm. right? Or and then so then girls will be waiting for the proposal while this guy is just dragging his feet because he's not motivated anymore because he already had he already got the sex so he's in no rush.
0: But and how that- about those guys who like will hello what? Well, how oh, about those guys who um, like will wait and the girls like I want to get married and they like want to have like they want to be with this person so badly and like have. Sex that they get married too soon before they're ready for that. Like, how about the flip side of that?
2: Yeah, no, I think that that happens some. Again, I think that that's because um, I feel know, like there's so many the people world.
0: who get married just to have the sex. Like, especially if they're they're both celibate and they're both waiting for marriage. I think sometimes they get married quicker than they would have like because you yeah. want to jump to that that's my part. overall
1: thing which is like it's yeah. just a slice in the big thing like yeah. it's just like so many factors that make up a relationship um you, each person has to weigh those up for themselves and like the physical part is one but it's just one of many for me
2: yeah i would say i would say to your question I, that's wrong too don't do that i mean the thing is is learn to be learn to be happy by yourself. I mean, and, and that's what I, I've learned to do because when you're not thirsty, you're gonna make a better decision. Have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? I mean, you, yes, you, you, buy, you, everything. you buy things you don't want and then later that don't satisfy you that you regret. And this mm-hmm. is how it is when it comes to dating, when you're desperate and you're lonely. If you don't self-actualize and find a tribe, a community of people to kind of hang out and bring out the best of you platonically, then you're just going to go from guy to guy or per, or girl to girl trying to f- fill some void, that, something that's mm. missing in you instead of, you know, reaching your full potential and then being able to choose from a place of strength. Tiffany
1: right. over here. Hallelujah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, everything that you just said amen. is so true. And I'm I think that... The pitfall that a lot of people have is that they think this partner will save them, will be like the cure to all their problems and their issues when it's like work that they have to do on themselves um, so that they don't need this other person to to save them or fix any situation, but to compliment them and help them, you know, be their best selves because they're already w- have worked on themselves. But I have a question, um, for you. So you said you've been celibate for 12 years now. Um, what keeps like, how do you keep going? Like, what, don't you say to God, like, where is my partner? Like, I think a lot of people who are waiting and, you know, are waiting for that special person. They think like, I'm this age, I'm that age, like, why haven't I found this person? So like, what keeps you going and believing that you'll find this person as like, time keeps going?
2: Great question. So it's, it's actually, let me just clarify, it's been 12 of the last 18 years. So when I backslid, I backslid hard, and I made lots of mistakes, and I won't get into numbers, but lots. Um, (laughs) But um, for me now, uh, you know, I get the question, they're like, And trust me, I have those conversations with God where I'm like, this is cruel and unusual punishment. Like this is, you know, but at the same time, it's something I talk to him about regularly. And and I do believe that there will be a payoff uh, in that respect. But people will say to me. Specifically, they're like, well, "What if there isn't a payoff?" And 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 I answer them and say there already has been because not only have I became the best version of myself through the process, I started a nonprofit that I'm deeply passionate about. I'm I'm definitely living my purpose. I'm writing a book, that, you know, on the the concept that I believe if the message gets out there, really has the potential to help a lot of people avoid pain, and um and uh, you know and then I do believe that I'm going to find that that payoff as well that I will find uh, the right person because I, there was for most of my life, I wouldn't have been a good partner to any, any girl, you know, it wasn't even really good for myself. So I wouldn't have made a good partner for anyone. So um, to me, there's already been a huge payoff, but yeah, what, what keeps me going is, is i've surrounded myself with a group of people that uh, are like-minded and bring out the best in me and i keep myself busy i mean boredom and loneliness are your biggest uh the biggest killers because you just can't you can't do it alone you can't you'll you'll eventually get on tinder or you'll eventually you know if depending on whatever your addiction is you'll you'll do that and you'll derail and um I've just, I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with a great group of people.
0: So are you, uh, do you use the dating apps? Do you think that like Tinder is just a a hookup app? Or do you think that those apps you can find a long lasting relationship on?
2: Oh, I I 100% believe you could find it. I've never done any online dating personally, but it's not because I don't believe you can't, You, you know, it's wrong or anything. I just believe You know whether you you, people believe in God or believe in fate or whatever it is. I just, I I'm out there enough. I I have a very active social life. I run a a nonprofit called City Fam that I'd actually like to, you know, talk a little bit more about it if I get the chance. But I'm out there enough that if it's supposed to happen, you know, I believe it's going to happen when the time is right. I don't need to. I've seen people on the dating apps working them like a job and i'm just like mm-hmm.
0: you, you.
1: i know those people
2: and it <laughs> and it, to me it just screams of of desperation and i just don't think it happens like that because if there's if you're thirsty like that again you're at the grocery store hungry and you're not going to be able to I choose
1: wisely. those people see it in a different way they see it as like if they don't try yeah in the available like pools of where people are um they, you know, they're just like shutting themselves off for of potential like mates because that's where they are versus like <laughs> that they're desperate, they're you desperate. know?
0: Yeah, and I think people are so busy now, like just you sharing all those things that you do, it seems like you're so busy working on your projects, right? And so I think like everyone's like that and the the time that people spend working on, you know, personal growth in themselves, all of that, like it's hard to meet those people out on an off night that you both happen to be out right and so i think those apps make those people more accessible and available because while they're working on their grind whether that's work whether that's personal growth whether that's family relationships health they're also able to like put themselves out there um, in a way that they wouldn't be able to because they just don't like we all are busy
2: yeah I'm not saying don't, don't use them again. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think it goes back to your intent. That would be like, I'm not saying shut grocery stores. I'm just saying, (laughs) don't go to grocery stores when you're desperate. You know? So if you're desperate, figure that out because that's Mm -hmm. not going to be anything that honestly, uh, in my opinion, that another person is going to be able to solve. You know, you might need to spend some time alone and work on yourself and not put your attention into another person, put your attention into yourself Mm -hmm. for a while. You know and if you can't be alone then that's a bigger issue mm-hmm. can i say something about city family yeah sure like i mentioned before with the first six years you know i i was trying to find a group of people to hang out with and i i kind of white knuckled it for six years i would just go to the movies and try to avoid sin i guess i was just trying to stay out of trouble and then um after about six years of doing that like i said i went back to the bars and started picking up my bad habits one after the other to the point where over the course of time i kind of pretty much became like the person I had been previously, except now I knew better, so it was worse. In two thousand eleven when I I rededicated, uh, I got I was able to get sober a few months later, but I went through that exact same period where I was staying in every night renting Redbox movies because I didn't know what to do or who to do it with. So well, I was complaining to a friend about, you know, I was like, I don't know how people make changes because this is so, such a hard road. And and what the person said to me, they said, you are a promoter. Why don't you just start putting together social events that get you out of the house that don't cause you to make mistakes? So that's kind of what I started to do. I started organizing uh, what I call fun without regrets, uh, social events. And over time, my little, my little group started to grow. Um, I was doing some volunteering through my church at the time and I I was really starting to like myself again by giving back and I thought you know I got friends that need this they need to feel what I'm feeling but they're not going to come to my church co-drive so me and another friend started looking for worthwhile causes in the community and and when we found them we started promoting those to our, our group of people that we were socializing with now and what I found like people jumped right on it. And when you give people opportunities to socialize in healthy settings and give back of themselves, they become the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what really has made waiting for me tolerable and easier because I've surrounded myself with a group of people that are in it together. And what The name of the nonprofit is CityFam, and we really believe that we're onto something that really has the potential to um, make big changes to the world because, um, you know, we do a lot of volunteer hours. We put a lot of volunteer hours in in my hometown of Baltimore. I think we did 6,000 volunteer hours just last year. But more importantly, it's the people's individual lives that you change because it helps you when you get to that point where you decide, okay, this may be the right way. I need to work on myself. You need to do that with a group of people. You can't make it alone. And, and it's so it it can be challenging to find that healthy community because I went through it where I was like I don't relate to church people, I didn't I went to, you know I went to AA and I didn't relate to that culture. I wanted to have a good time. I just didn't want to feel guilty on Monday, and that's really what um, City Fam kind of became about was you know connecting people with purpose, helping them build relationships and become the best version of themselves.
1: Cool, that is really dope, and I think it's important. I like the idea of fun with no regrets because um, I think you know it's easy to just find yourself in a situation. Um, and for everyone listening, you can find that at www.cityfam.com, socialize, serve and become part of something bigger in your community. Before we wrap up, tell everyone like about the book.
2: So again, I I say it's the most practical book that's ever been written on the subject of waiting to have sex because I've lived at such polar extremes. I think that I can explain it better than anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, any books that I've read about the subject really come at it from a very religious standpoint, and, and that doesn't always resonate with people. It didn't resonate with me. I went to church as a kid, and, you know, that whole Bible, the Bible says so stuff didn't ring true. It just was like, I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. So right. this is very practically practical about this is how it plays out, you know, for real, if you don't wait. Not saying you have to do it, but um, because it's super hard. It's probably the, the hardest thing I've ever done. But it does work and I'll, I'll explain again how how it works. And uh, I, to me, it's like, even it'll, it, I want to challenge people, you know, to change behavior. And I, I, I view a win is, you know, maybe someone reads it and they think, okay, well, maybe marriage is is extreme I, and uh, but maybe they just wait one more date or three more dates when they're the next person that they meet over when they uh, the length of time they would usually wait and in that that period of time they find out something about the other person that causes them to not waste time or you know, pregnant or by that person or whatever, to to me, that's still a win. You know, if they wait longer because they realize, you know what, I think there's some truth in this. And there's just one last thing as I was talking that came up. It's like, when you talk about sex before marriage, no sex before marriage, it sounds like such a, you know, it sounds so uh, extreme. Now, if I said to you, no sex before love, that's something that people can agree on because we can get our mind around that. And again, I go back to well, how do you know when you're in love? Well, you get married to the person, because again, you're not gonna marry someone just to have sex with them. You're gonna figure out if your heart's telling you the truth because marriage before love can create a lot of problems, big problems like single parent homes, STDs, You know, big consequences come with sex before love. So you know, just from a very practical standpoint, I think that most people can agree, okay, well, you, I could see the value in that, not having sex before love. Well, if you're really in love get married to the person so it really just boils down to something as simple as that
1: i love that i'd love to know what all our listeners think about the concept of waiting um to have sex before marriage or you know before truly committing in a relationship because i think there's so many schools have thought about it some people are like um it's 2018 so i can just do whatever i want some people believe you know this idea which has been around for a long time is still very very important so it's interesting for me. I'd love to know what everyone else thinks. So tweet us at love and limbo land. Rob, please tell us where everyone can find you and your book.
2: Sure. Everyone can find the book at why waiting works.com. Uh, pre-orders are available now and, uh, printed versions will be out soon in, in spring of 2018. And then if they wanted to find me personally, they can find me at Rob B So it's Rob with two B's K O W A L S K I.com. And, uh, facebook instagram forward slash rob b kowalski
1: cool awesome thank you so much i'm so excited to hear what people think yeah
0: i think this is gonna be a very talked about episode yeah
1: i mean maybe to the listeners out there maybe we should do a sick a part two with like actual questions about the topic and maybe have um rob back if you guys are interested i'm tiffany and i'm kudzi
0: and you've been listening to love in limbo land
1: you can find us on twitter at love and limbo land
0: and don't forget to go to apple or google play podcast to subscribe rate and review.